Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. Hey, morning, Sari. Morning, Alex. How are you? I'm good. Good, good, good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. How's everything going? Yeah, so far, so good. So far, so good. Just, uh, um, you know, going through the day here, afternoon here, morning for you. Yeah. So, <laughs> how is your day so far? So far, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, started off kind of busy for the day. Yeah. And I've got five podcasts to do today. All so, right. Wow. So yeah. busy man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, not surprising because you've got quite a very interesting uh, content offering for listeners so uh, yeah that's uh that's that's really good and uh, thank you very much for actually you know agreeing and contacting us to come on the podcast because there'll be quite a lot of people of our listeners who will be very interested to uh, listen to what uh, you have to offer and how you can actually serve them a great deal as well of uh, of their wealth and everything else within their uh, you know estate and wealth management so it's really uh, uh good of you to come on and, and talk to us so um so i, I guess uh, to to begin with we'll probably just set the scene in terms of uh, just uh, give us a little bit about yourself and uh, a bit of a background on the uh bank on yourself as well is that okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah ab- absolutely yeah Mm. Um, so a little bit about me. I've been in the insurance and financial services world for about five years. I started off working uh, for a company called Allstate Insurance as a business consultant. And then I went into Medicare where I would help retirees, people who were like 64 years old, merging from their employer plan to their own individual own Medicare plan. So I would help them make that transition. Yeah, I did that for a couple of years. And then one of my clients at that time asked me if I could help him with life insurance. And wow. he even mentioned something like, it has cash value. It grows over time. I didn't really understand much of what he was saying, but mm-hmm. I told him I would do research. We had a good relationship, and I told him I would do research for him and get back to him. So one of the ways I like to learn is I like to read books, and I went to Amazon, and I searched for books about life insurance. Mm-hmm. And this book came up called The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. Mm-hmm. And with the book pretty much talks about the bank on yourself concept. It's also known as the infinite banking concept, and it's yeah. pretty much the utilization of cash value whole life insurance, mainly for the cash use rather than the actual life insurance use. Yeah. And what, and what that means, Alex, is that life, whole life insurance has two functions or two purposes. One is the actual life insurance part. And the second is the cash value part. The cash mm-hmm. value is almost like a savings account inside the policy. But this has a lot of benefits that m- people don't know about. Even insurance agents and financial Advisors don't even understand this part, but it has cash value that grows over time. It earns dividends from the insurance company. It mm-hmm. increases in value uh, regardless of market conditions, and you always have access to this money. So this, after finding out about this, after reading the book and reading other books to talk about this, it kind of opened up my mind and shifted my career. I went from more of you know Medicare insurance. Now I'm more into financial planning. I still do Medicare, but now I'm more into financial planning, mm-hmm. and I help specifically real estate investors and business owners grow and protect their money at the same time. So yeah. I'm sure we're going to get into a lot of a lot of things. So feel free to ask me whatever you want. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's really, really good. Really good, good concept. I think even now for me, when I first heard of it, it was 
quite an interesting uh, uh, concept to understand because uh, the essence of it, of what I grasped was that uh, you, are, you are able to hold both in a way that uh, if you're looking for lending, for example, from, uh, from someone, you can actually do that without compromising your, your cash asset, which will still earn you dividends. So I guess uh, let's uh, start off uh, maybe breaking it down in its simple terms, like uh, how does it actually work? So maybe let's, uh, let's uh, take an example. For, uh, if, if we say, I am looking, for example, to buy a house or an asset. So typically I'll go to um, someone or, or like a, a financial institution to borrow that money. So all I have now is the loan, which is uh, that uh, liability on that aspect. But uh, if it's something where I had to put a deposit on as well, then I have also put my money into there. So I've actually lost that money in a way because it's gone. I've got the liability. I'm not earning anything on that. So that restricts me in that sense. But from uh, my understanding of the bank on yourself concept, you can do exactly the same scenario, but without losing the benefits that you would get or the returns that you would get on, on your money. Is that uh, a correct understanding? Yeah, that's, that's exactly the case. And uh, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Let's say, for example, you have a cash value whole life insurance policy mm -hmm. and you have $100,000 in cash value in the policy. And yeah. let's say now you're a real estate investor or a business owner, you come across an investment, it requires you to invest $50,000 of your money into it. There's yeah. a couple options you could do. You can borrow that money from a yeah. lender, you could use cash, but let's say you go to your, your whole life insurance policy and you borrow from the insurance company, you borrow $50,000 from the insurance company. Mm -hmm. Now what actually happens is you're not deducting 50,000 from $100,000 in cash value, you're simply borrowing against the cash value that you already have. So now what happens is, you have a loan agreement with you and the insurance company, like a personal loan that you borrowed $50,000 from them. You pay interest on that, on that $50,000. But yeah. on your $100,000 cash value, it continues to earn interest and co compound interest and dividends as if you never touched it. So eventually what happens is your policy continues to grow and you make money in the policy. It, it grows and compounds faster and more than the loan you borrowed of $50,000. Yeah. So th then when you kind of compare that to the investment you made, you make money off the investment you made, hopefully you yeah. do, and yeah. you make money inside the policy. So your money is doing something for, it's doing two things for you at the same time. At the same time. And this is a really good um, thing because a lot of business owners have this, this struggle, right? Where like, if you know, you always need liquidity, you always need cash or access to cash to move around because there are delays in business. You know, by the time you get paid, by the time you get clients, by the time you sell a property, there's a lot of delays. So you always need liquidity or cash to survive in business. But yeah. at the same time, the contrary to that is you never want a lot of cash sitting in the bank because yeah. that's you lose interest on it, you lose opportunity costs, you lose to inflation. There's a lot of risks involved with just having money sitting in a bank account. So you yeah. want to be able to move it around. So I think this concept brings it right in the middle where you can move your money around but still have it grow as if you've never touched it. Yeah. Wow. That that that's great. Now you talk about a you you talk about it as an insurance policy. Does that mean, um, because obviously normally under insurances, they, uh, what is involved is uh, I take an insurance for a fixed amount of money and I'm just paying like monthly premiums towards that. Does this uh, work in the same way or is there like just a one-off premium for your cash value or is it monthly premiums? How does it all build up for 
your cash value that uh, you have in the policy? Yeah, so there's a couple of different ways to fund the policy. You could fund it monthly. Every month you can make a certain premium payment. Let's say, for example, just to choose an even number, let's say $1,000 a month. So yeah. when you're when you're putting $1,000 a month into the policy, a portion of that money goes towards the cash value. Another portion goes towards the death benefit or the life insurance part. So the point is, is that your money is doing a couple of things for you at the same time. A portion goes towards the cash value and a portion goes towards the life insurance. And then depending on the company, depending on the age, depending on the financial situation, there's different levels to it. It could be like, for example, like 50-50 split. Like every dollar you put in, half of it goes towards the cash value and then half of it goes to servicing the life insurance. And eventually yeah. the cash value will build up over time or you could pay the policy annually, one-time payment for the whole year. Or you could even do a, a single premium whole life policy. That's that's just a one-time payment. It could be like, for example, I've worked on many of these where it's like half a million dollars, like $500,000, just a one-time single premium transaction. And yeah. as soon as the client does that, they instantly have two benefits. They have the cash value and they have the death benefit or the life insurance part. Yeah. And then both of those grow. So it, we always do a financial analysis with, with, with clients to figure out uh, what what would work best for them because it's hard for us to guess. So we have to do like yeah. a proper diagnosis to figure out what solution would be best for them. And then based yeah. on that analysis, we build them a personalized solution. Um, that's we, we show them which company, which product, the amounts, we'll either do it monthly, annually, single premium, or yeah. a combination of all three, you know? Of all three. Okay, that's great. And is there any limits in terms of how much cash value or, or um, uh, the sort of death benefits that uh, someone can actually get? Is there limits on that? Like uh, you can't get a policy for, let's say, $20 million or $10 million. What are the limits within that? Yeah, so you can get any life insurance you want as long, in the, in the United States, at least speaking, and Canada's probably the same way. Um, it has to be about 20, up to 25 times your annual income. So if you make, you know, $100,000 a year, Mm -hmm. um, the maximum you'd be able to get is $2.5 million in the death benefit, which would probably equal um, maybe in the first couple of years, like $100,000 in cash value, give or take in, in the first yeah. couple of years. So that's kind of the, that's how they, they measure it based off of your annual income and to up to 25 times your annual income. Yeah. Okay. I see. And uh, um, okay. And uh, in terms of our timeline, do you have, does it have a specific timeline? Like uh, I'm contributing for, uh, let's say, is it 20 years, five years, or you can you can pick? How, how does the timeline aspect work? Yeah, a good question. So you can control the time period. We could do, you know, you can set it on for five years, for 10 years, 20 years, or, or for your whole life, you just yeah. keep paying into it and you always have cash building up. Um, or, so, or again, single premium, which is a one-time payment. So again, it's hard to uh, measure, but uh, we can do it based off the financial analysis. We can figure out, like for example, if somebody is 65 years old, or they're sorry, if they're 55 years old and they want to retire by the time they're 65, yeah. then it would make sense to do a 10-year policy for that person. Yeah. yeah. But if somebody's 20 years old and they want to get into the habit of saving for the future, then there's no rush. There's no. There's really no reason for that person to do a 10-year policy. They could do a 20 or 30-year policy and and extend the periods of payments that goes into the policy and for them to have a longer period of time to mm. earn compound interest. So it yeah. depends on the age, it depends on the retirement goals, what they're currently doing financially, and can we kind of put it all together to improve their financial situation? Yeah, I guess that's where, like you said, the 
financial analysis of each individual situation come, comes into play. So at the end of the policy, let's say it's a, a five-year policy or 10-year policy, do you then just get to realize the, the cash benefit, just take that as cash? Or what happens uh, in that event? So when, um, when you're building up the policy and you have cash value, you can use it for whatever you want. Uh, let's say you fast forward, you've paid off the whole policy, you have like half a million dollars in cash value already built up in, in the policy. You could um, you could turn it on for retirement income, like I want $10,000 a year for the rest of my life, or you could um, withdraw larger amounts, you could use it for business purposes. There's no restrictions or um, like regulations on what you could use that cash for. You could use it for whatever you want in mm -hmm. any frequency one. And yeah. also you don't have to wait until you're in retirement years to touch that money. You yeah. could you could essentially you know year one put cash in and then borrow from the a portion from that from year one so like almost instant liquidity and the liquidity is guaranteed too you never have to qualify for the loan like you never have to go through underwriting for the loan the insurance company will always give you up to ninety percent of your available cash value yeah at any time just you just fill out a form you send it into the insurance company you ask them what they ask you which account you want to transfer to. And then they deposit it in that account. And then now you have a loan agreement between you and the insurance company. And then you can control the payback period. If you miss a payment, it's not like anything's going to happen. But you want to get into the habit of, you know, borrowing and paying back that money within reasonable time. Yeah. Okay. And uh, in terms of, uh, obviously, once I get the policy started and it's running, yeah, let's say it's £400,000 and I'm paying monthly, let's mm -hmm. say uh, $1,000 or whatever the premium is. From my day one or after a month or so, I haven't fully paid into it, but the cash value that I'm going for is the 100,000. Can I still borrow, let's say 50,000, even though I haven't actually fully paid out my full cash value because I haven't reached to the end? Yeah, you can never, uh, in the first couple of years, you're not gonna be able to borrow more than you put in. You probably yeah. be able to do that later on in the policy once the cash value grows. But pretty much when you pay for the policy, like the premiums that you put into it, um, there's going to be like on a, it's called the illustration and it has a breakdown of, of the insurance coverage. Yeah. Like line one, for example, would show you put in maybe like $10,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And then from there, a portion of that goes towards the cash value. And then a portion of that goes towards um, the life insurance. Let's say somebody is 30 years old and they put $10,000 a year in. Line one may, may show, you know, $10,000 going into the policy and yeah. then cash value of maybe $5,000 mm -hmm. in year one. Yeah. And then a, a death benefit of maybe, you know, $600,000 of death benefit in year one. Yeah. And then every year, the cash value and the death benefit keep growing. Yeah. So, so you got to, it's kind of hard to do all this math just, you know, like in the air. Yeah. But um yeah, in the first couple of years, you won't be able to borrow more than what you put in. But eventually, over the years, the policies we set up, the way we structure them, they typically break even around year three. So oh, after okay. after time, the policy, the cash value eventually outpaces what you're putting into the policy. Yeah. I see. Okay. And uh, do the people who are taking these out, do they have a visibility of uh, where the premium of the money is invested in? Or is that left to the insurance company itself, I guess? So people can't choose like what funds or what is happening with the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the insurance company, they 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 take care of all of that. It's not like um 
uh, an investment account where you could log in and then kind of choose, you know, high risk, moderate, low risk. It's not like that. Um, insurance companies do all of the investing in the back end. And about 60, here's a good thing, is about 60 to 80% of their portfolio is made up in the bond market. And the other 20 to 40% is made up in real estate investments yeah. and private loans that they charge interest on. That's how, what the, those are the ways that insurance companies make money. And if you notice, we didn't mention stock market in there. The insurance companies don't invest in the stock market. They're actually not allowed to, or they're not allowed to invest in any speculative investments, like risky investments, you know? So yeah. this means that insurance companies have the highest guarantees when it comes to the return on your money. Mm-hmm. Um, in in uh, with all, The companies we work with have been paying dividends for over 160 years. We only work with four insurance companies that have been paying dividends for over 160 years. Now, mm-hmm. although dividends are not guaranteed, we only work with companies that have been paying out these dividends and they're yeah. not correlated or connected to the markets. So they've been paying dividends even during the Great Depression, even during the 2008 market crash, and even right now with all of the uncertainty in the, in the stock market due to the pandemic, uh, yeah. they're still paying dividends to the policy owners. Yeah. Wow. Uh, thanks for that. And uh, in terms of, uh, obviously, when people are looking to invest and getting these policies, there's a uh, a number of concerns. One uh, could be the returns that were that they will get given certain economic situations that happen in the world. I mean, the example is this pandemic, for example. So how are you seeing the returns that the insurance companies are making? I mean, you mentioned there that they invest in uh, real estate and uh, um, sovereigns or bonds. Uh, so have you seen much shift in the returns that they are making, which are impacting both either the the cash values or the um uh, i guess the death benefits are probably guaranteed but also probably the premiums are they getting to ask for higher premiums for the same how is the uh, pandemic and its impact in the whole global economic environment impacting the industry at the moment yeah really good question surprisingly alex um it hasn't affected that much um for example the rates are still relatively the same. Um, the cash values for, for people's accounts haven't been reduced. They're still earning interest on those accounts. Um, the death benefits haven't been reduced or are affected by the conditions. Uh, the, only, the only thing that I've noticed so far that's changed um, is they are a little bit more strict on people. Like, for example, if you have had COVID, you would have to wait like 30 days to get, to get the policy effective. And yeah. if you are, it's depending on the company, over the age of 70, you would have to wait like six months to get approved. Those mm-hmm. are so some slight medical underwriting, but yeah. financially speaking, I haven't seen really any changes financially. I haven't seen any accounts decrease. I haven't seen more, you know, more premiums required for the same insurance. That's yeah. all stable, except for the medical underwriting part. That's been a little bit tightened up, of course, because of the pandemic. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's great. Thanks for that. And uh, um, how about uh, just talk us through some of the tax benefits as well of these these policies? That's quite a key element as well of the bank on yourself, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm not a tax professional, so seek a tax professional when it comes to this. But um, pretty much the cash value of the policy when it grows every year, when it's earning compound interest and dividends every year. Um, it's growing tax deferred, meaning you don't have to claim those on your on your taxes. You don't have to, you know, if the insurance company, if you have $100,000 in cash value in, you know, year five and then year six, you have $110,000 in cash value. You don't have to pay taxes on that increase in cash value like you do with other investments. 
So that's one huge tax advantage there. And, and the other tax advantage in most situations, because you're funding the policy with after-tax dollars, and they go into the policy, when you take that money out, you're taking that money out as either a loan or a return of premium, which are both tax-free in the situation. And this yeah. doesn't work in every situation. Sometimes the the money you take out is taxable, and that would be called a, a modified endowment contract, meaning that the policy now um, is a taxable vehicle, uh, similar to other investments, it's now taxable. But in most situations, we try to avoid the MEC or the modified endowment contract. So mm -hmm. we we structure it so that way, you know, you're used, you're you're making money, paying taxes on that money. It goes into the policy, it grows tax deferred, and then when you take the money out, you're taking the money out tax free, even if there are gains. And there mm -hmm. will be over time. Your money yeah. will multiply over time. It's very, um, it's 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 normal to see somebody fund a policy for twenty years. You know. Uh, putting in $500 a month, and then we project in 20 years later, they'll be able to take out, you know, $1,500 a month. So so pretty much for every dollar put in, they can yeah. take out three times that tax-free. Yeah. And then, of course, the last tax benefit is the actual life insurance part, the death benefit. Um, in the U.S. and Canada, that is income tax-free. So it's a, a very efficient way to pass on general gener wealth to the next generation or multi-generational wealth. Yeah. Wow, that's that's great. That's great. And uh, how about the? I think you you briefly touched upon the medical conditions or pre-existing conditions. Presumably, there is like uh, health assessments attached to uh, getting these policies. Yeah, yeah. And in most situations, there's a full medical underwriting part or exam that's necessary. Um, yeah. In some situations, like the insurance companies, they have like algorithms where if you're within a certain age. Um, they could do accelerated underwriting where it's only like a week of just of just them doing their research no exam is needed and then you can get approved those yeah. are a little bit harder and it's a little bit more rare but yeah. overall for these policies yeah you'll need medical underwriting and um it's kind of hard to judge like which conditions because the insurance companies they'll never just say like if you have this then you cannot get approved they'll want to know like the severity of it how long what are some of the conditions or cures yeah. So it's a full medical underwriting part. It, it takes yeah. about four to six weeks to do on average. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the good thing though is we can always, you know, go through the whole process so the clients can reach out for a free consultation. They could do the financial analysis for free. They could do the personalized solution for free. We could submit the application for free and then wait, you know, four to six weeks. And then after the policy is approved and the rates are approved, then yeah. we can start funding the policy. So it's, yeah. it's almost like no risk to see if this will actually help you financially. Financially, okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, just uh, another couple of questions. Now, um, how, um, um, in terms of uh, how people actually um, go about it, in terms of the number of insurance companies that you work with, do people, because obviously you are, you are behind it, you know the full extent of the number of uh, companies that you you work with. Um, so, do you do the people get to choose which company, or you recommend one depending on their financial situation? How does that uh, uh, process work? Because I, I take it there's quite a number of uh, insurance companies in the background. Yeah. 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 Awesome question. Yeah. So what we do is we'll we'll choose the company. We'll recommend it based off of our financial situation, off of our financial recommendations. Like for example. Some companies are very good with the single premium whole life policies. 
Yeah. Actually, it's only one company that, that, that we could do the single premium whole life policy now. So, mm -hmm. you know, if some if a client, if it makes financial sense for the client to do the to do the single premium whole life policy, the one time payment, yeah. then we could only choose one company. It, we can't go with the other three companies. Now, if somebody wanted to, for example, they were 20 years old or in their 20s and they wanted to fund the policy for as long as possible, then we would choose a special a special company for that. Now, yeah. let's say somebody was, you know, uh, 55 and they want to fund it for 10 years, then we would choose a company for that. So we kind of like um, know how to maneuver and find the most applicable product and company for somebody's financial situation. Because they're all different, they're different products, different funding yeah. limits, uh, different restrictions, you know, so it, it's, it all comes down to the financial analysis. And then from the financial analysis, we can say, you know, company, this company would be the best with this yeah. amount funded this way. Yeah. Cool. And I, I guess once the premium is determined at the start, along the uh, uh, period of the policy, there won't be any changes in the premium. Is that correct? Yeah. So, okay. So there's pretty much uh, a couple ways to to build up the policy. When we're talking about the infinite banking concept or the bank yeah. on yourself concept, we're not just referring to you know general whole life insurance. That's all the same. We're referring to a special type of whole life insurance that's specifically designed for high early cash value. Yeah. So what that means is for every dollar you put into the policy, the premium dollars, a portion of that goes towards the base life insurance, the actual life insurance, and then a portion of that goes towards the cash value rider or the cash value part of the policy. You know, mm -hmm. as mentioned earlier, we could see sometimes we'll see like a 50-50 split where like half of every dollar goes into the policy, goes towards the base life insurance, the actual life insurance, and then the other half goes towards building up the cash value. Now, mm -hmm. typically speaking, the base life insurance, that's pretty much set. If you agree to do, you know, 20 years of $500 per month towards the base, then that yeah. is set. Now you can add extra on top of the base that goes directly into the cash value part. So let's say you say, all right, I want to do $500 towards the base and then $700 a month towards the cash value rider. Mm -hmm. The $700 per month, that is flexible throughout all 20 years. So that can go up and down twenty for all 20 years. But as long as you're meeting $500 per month in this situation for 20 years, you'll be fine. You can always go back and add more in. If you add more than the allowable limits from the insurance company, then it becomes a modified endowment contract. So if you're doing $500 per month towards the actual life insurance, and then you want to add like $2,000 a month in, you'll probably mech the policy. You'll make it into a modified endowment contract. And then yeah. now it's, it will become taxable. So, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the taxable bit in that situation, is it the extra that you're adding or the whole thing now becomes a, a taxable vehicle? Now you start to get taxed. So when you're putting the money in, what happens is the insurance company is going to use that for to, to invest. And then when you have gains and profits in your policy, then that becomes taxable. Yeah. You could still have tax-free gains in the policy, but it has to be structured properly, and you have to follow the, the MEC rules, the modified endowment contract rules. You have to follow those. And this is what we do. When we when we enroll somebody into a policy and we, we structure for them, we do six-month reviews to see where they're at, where they're at financially, if they want to add more, if they have more room to add more money in. And if not, it's not always a bad thing, Alex. We can always go back and we can do another policy. You know what I mean? So a lot yeah. of people, it's very common for them to get the hang of this and then start doing, you know, one new policy every year. So that way they'll have, you know, 10 or 15 policies, all fully funded, all guaranteed, 
growth, cash growth, all not affected by the, the stock market and guaranteed liquidity too. So if they need the money, they can go to themselves and yeah. they can borrow from the insurance company at 5% simple interest, um, yeah. a much lower interest rate than a lot of other lenders. You can go to the insurance company and then your money still grows even when you're borrowing the money. So a lot of different strategies and um, yeah, I would definitely do the financial analysis to, to see what happens, you know, to yeah. see what do for you. Okay. So I take it you just alluded to it that it's possible for a person to have multiple policies, yeah? As long as you're within the that uh, lifetime limit of about 25 uh, multiple of your uh, annual income. Is that correct? Yeah? Correct. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I'll just, uh, uh, the next question was, uh, what are the, um, the, the downsides or the fees and everything else involved that uh, people should be aware of? Yeah, some of the downsides is it's not you know uh, free money. You have to capitalize the policy. You have to you have to have to you have to have the discipline to actually put money into the policy, yeah. and, and and be disciplined to keep paying the premiums over time. You know you have to agree to that. Um, and then another uh, problem with that or, or downside is you can never in the beginning you can never borrow more than you actually put in. So for yeah. example, if you are you know, um, if you have $50,000 and you want to go and buy a property that's $500,000, yeah. in that sense, you can't use the policy because you need a traditional loan for that. And that's not always a bad thing. You know, yeah. we, we want to incorporate, if, if we can incorporate other lenders, that's fine. But we yeah. want to be able to at least start building this policy, you know, for the future. So, for yeah. example, what you could do is it's, it's not like either or. It's not either you know, I use my bank on yourself money only, or I use third-party lending only. Mm. You could use a combination of both. You of could both, yeah. structure the policy, get the third-party financing, you know, use some of your profits to pay back into the policy and then borrow from that. There's a lot of things you could do. My biggest advice or recommendation is, you know, you have all your, you know, think about all, you know, your cash flow, your job. If you have real estate investments, if you, you know, you have, you own a business, you know, try to take this policy and, and put it in the middle of everything you're doing, not necessarily to replace what you're doing, but just to put it in the middle and, yeah. and, and pretty much for you to, because mo everybody, you know, a lot of people nowadays are having a hard time saving money. You know, they make $1 here and they transfer it to this hand and they spend it. Yeah. So it comes in this way and it comes out this and it goes out this way. So you need to figure out a way so that way your money comes in, it can go to an account and then you can borrow from that account. So this yeah. way you're able to capture and grip your money in between you earning it and you spending it. Yeah. Um, that I think is pretty much the most you know crucial thing about this, the most important part about this. Yeah, wow, that, that's great. That's uh, really good. It's very interesting concept, uh, uh, you know, um, understanding that you can actually uh, do that. So that's, uh, that's really great for you to share. So. Uh, for people who are looking to make a start, how can they find you and what are the processes involved to get started in Bank on Yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So listeners can go to finassetprotection.com. It's F-I-N, assetprotection.com. And there you could schedule a free appointment. And as a special Alex for the listeners, yeah. uh, they say the theme from your show, I will uh, send them a free copy of the Bank on Yourself Revolution book by Pamela Yellen. I'll send it to them for free uh, via Kindle. Um, the book is like $15 on Amazon, but if you register for, for a free consultation and then say that you came from Alex's show, I will send you the book for free via Kindle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's fitassetprotection.com. 
It's at uh, finassetprotection.com, yeah? Correct, yes. Uh, let's see if we can uh, put it up uh, on the screen. Mm. Okay. Is that correct, finassetprotection.com? Correct, yes. Right. So people can... Uh, uh, go and find you on there and uh, get in contact with you uh, based on um, uh, what uh, uh, extra information that uh, they require. But uh, it, it is uh, definitely a, a great concept, especially for the fact that they can use their cash values from the insurance policies. And it's just a great way as well for people to you know, practice the discipline of actually saving on a regular basis and then over an extended period, uh, get the, the, the cash values as well. Um, is there anything else that uh, uh, our listeners should be aware of that uh, you'll be, uh, you would need to share with them? Yeah, you can't utilize a strategy with all whole life insurance. It has to, there's a couple of things you have to know. Number one, it has to be from a mutual insurance company, not a stock owned insurance company. So mutual insurance companies give their dividends and profits back to the shareholders, to the, sorry, to the policy owners, whereas stock-owned insurance companies give their dividends and profits back to the shareholders. Yeah. You want to be with a mutual insurance company so that way you can actually get dividends from the insurance company and build up your cash value. Number two, you want to make sure that the policy is properly structured. It's not just 100% whole life insurance only. You want to yeah. make sure that there's something called a paid up additions rider. That's, yeah. that's the part of the policy that turbocharges the cash value. You want to make sure that's added to the policy. It won't work if it's 100% base yeah. or 100% life insurance. And then the third thing is you want to make sure that this is something called non-direct recognition loan. This means that if you have cash value in the policy and then you borrow from the, the insurance company, the insurance company will not minimize the interest and dividends they pay you based on your outstanding loan. So if you, for the example mentioned earlier, if you have $100,000 in cash value, you borrow $50,000 from the insurance company, you're using that money. Uh, with non-direct recognition, the company will not recognize that you have that loan. So they'll keep paying you dividends and interest on that money, which is what you want. You want to yeah. be able to borrow money and still have it grow at the same time, yeah. as opposed to direct recognition, which means that when you borrow, they will reduce the interest and uh, the dividends you're getting because you have an outstanding loan. Yeah. So to recap, it's mutual insurance company, yeah. um, properly structured with the paid up additions rider and a non-direct recognition loan. Yeah, wow. Is there an uh, indication roughly, uh, I, I know you mentioned that uh, each individual situation is different and also depending on the uh, cash values that you're, you're, you're getting at. Is there an, uh, a rough indication of the kind of premiums for a particular uh, cash value or death benefits that people may go for? On, on average, perhaps, or? Yeah, it's really, you know, it's really hard to answer that, but I'll give you some examples. Yeah. Like, for example, I worked with a real estate investor. He he sold one of his properties for $400,000 in cash. Yeah. He then took that cash, uh, bought a single premium whole life insurance policy. Yeah. And then as soon as he did that, as soon as he bought the policy, he had cash value available of $375,000 in cash value. Yeah. And then he death benefit right away of $580,000 in death benefit. And then both the cash value and the death benefit grow every single year without any further contributions, without yeah. any further money being put into the policy, they still grow. So that's kind of an example of a, of a single premium in that sense. 
And then other policies, like for example, my policy that I did when I first started off, I, I, I started putting off, putting in $300 per month. Yeah. So in the first year, I was putting in like uh, $3,600 or $300 times 12. Yeah. And about half of that was available for cash use. So I had like $1,800 in cash use. And yeah. I would borrow from that and I would pay down some credit cards and use that money and then kind of pull, pay back the loan. And then when the policy renewed a year later, mm-hmm. I had the option to pay $3,600 again. And then yeah. I had the option to also add another another $3,000 towards the cash value part of the whole life policy. So yeah. I wrote the insurance company a check for $6,600 for yeah. to pay the whole year. And then plus for the cash value to build up even stronger and faster. And now I'm good. I paid up the policy for the whole year. I'm good until next year. Yeah. Um, next year, who knows how my financial my, my financial situation will be next year, you know? But but I've just, I've just um, satisfied all the payments for this year. Yeah. Uh, Next year, and if next year I, you know, I'm in a better financial financial situation, which I'm hoping I am, I'll yeah. get another policy and do that all over again. So that's but, kind of gauge the listeners' minds in terms of like what happens when you fund the policy. You fund the policy. So I take it from what you're saying. If, uh, for example, you're you're paying monthly, it is possible to accelerate your payments. So if you want to pay up, uh, if you let's say you get a, a win for some uh, cash and you want to just pay it up for the year instead of uh, uh, continuing. Can you, can you uh, yeah, I, I guess that is possible within the policy. Is that right? Hmm? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. Fle- it's flexible. In terms of the paid up additions rider, it's flexible. You could add more, you could pay up the whole year. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things you could do and you could base it around your financial situation because mm-hmm. we don't want to get some, we don't want to enroll someone in a policy that they can't afford. You know, yeah. this is meant to help them financially, not to become a bill, you know? Mm-hmm. It's meant to create financial freedom for the future. Yeah. Um, so we want to we want to do it right. We want to structure it right. And we want the flexibility. We, we need the flexibility. Everybody needs the flexibility, especially if you own a business, you're, you work on commission only. Um, you need a way to be flexible with the payments. With the payments. So just, just to uh, get one point cleared as well. So when you have, uh, when you're going for a particular cash value, let's say the 100,000 and you're making the, uh, the contributions, are we saying that uh, your money keeps growing towards that a hundred thousand, or that a hundred thousand can grow into something bigger depending on the returns that it's getting as well? What's the split between those two? Yeah. So if I if I'm uh, uh, understanding your question correctly, mm-hmm. um, is it the, the, is it pretty much the more you put into the policy, the the, the more it will grow? Is that correct? Uh, yeah, like, like like the more let, let's let's say I'm going for a cash value of a hundred thousand, yeah. and the, the premium is let's say I'm paying five hundred dollars a month. Yeah, uh, that cash value of a hundred thousand uh, can that, that does that increase with the um, investments that are coming? Like for example, if the company issues dividends or anything like that, does that increase the cash value, or the cash value is fixed? Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So the cash value, yeah, the cash value keeps growing. It, it, it always keeps growing yeah. and it grows two ways. It grows from, so the insurance company guarantees you interest every year on your cash yeah. and then plus dividends. Dividends are not guaranteed, but we only work with insurance companies who have been paying dividends for over yeah. 160 years. Yeah. So, so there's two ways it grows. And then when you're adding more into the cash value, that's also increasing the cash value. So in theory, there's like three different ways that you can increase your cash value. One, by adding more into it. 
and then the second from the compound interest you earn on it, and then from the third from the dividends you add. So then by that rationale, it would make sense for you to put as much money as you possibly can into a whole life insurance policy because of the guaranteed growth. Eventually, the money will multiply over time yeah. um, with tax advantages, of course, you know, and guaranteed liquidity too. So even if you put the money in, it's not like you've just lost that money or you've just you know, spent it. You're, yeah. you're, 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 alloc you're moving money from the bank to your whole life insurance policy. Yeah. Is it possible to lose all your money? The only way that's possible is if you stop making payments and completely ignore your policy and you let it lapse, you let it get canceled. That's how you could lose all your money. Um, but even in that situation, you can get a return on your premium back. So like, for example, if you've been funding the policy for 10 years and you have $100,000 in cash value and then you want to stop making payments, hmm. um, it wouldn't really make, I mean, in theory, like you can get that money back. That's your money. You can get a return on your premium back towards you and then you can cancel the policy. Yeah. Uh, there might be some tax stipulations or there might be some penalties. Maybe if you did that, if you just let it cancel. Yeah. But um, that's one way. Or another way is if you borrow the money and then you lost the money, you invested it, you lost it, and then you never paid back the policy loan, that yeah. could also, you could lose your money then. You can lose your money. Yeah. And in terms of uh, regulation, I take it all these companies and insurance companies are properly regulated by the relevant authorities if people have uh, complaints or issues or anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Insurance companies are highly regulated. They're the most regulated industry. Yeah. Uh, and definitely the companies we work with have been around for over 160 years. They have all A-plus ratings. Um, they've been, they're in good standing. They take compliance very seriously. They only work with, you know, compliant agents and compliant advisors. Oh uh, yeah. It's a, it's a very, you know, big deal. They're even more highly regulated than banks, you know? Hmm. Wow. That's, that's great. Now, sorry. Thank you very much for all the information. I think we've got a great deal of detail there, including, uh, you know, how people uh, can actually uh, find yourself and get uh, more information on that. So, um, yeah, I think uh, um, we'll um, uh, put up the uh, the site there and how people can contact you and, uh, yeah, take things from there depending on their individual situation. So it's been a pleasure speaking to you, and that was great content on uh, understanding how the bank on yourself concept works and uh, looking forward to catching up with you and uh, a lot of our listeners getting in touch and, uh, uh, you know, getting the benefit of uh, this this concept from yourself so thank you very much for today and uh, i'm sure we'll catch up very soon thanks alex thanks for having me on i appreciate it uh, cheers thanks, thanks. Harry. bye bye, bye.